Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Good morning, EBC, and good morning to those of you online who are joining us today. We have lots of announcements, so get ready. Okay, good. Tonight, you have Living in the Christ in a Culture That Doesn't, which is led by Randy Dar in the chapel at 6 o'clock. Today is also the last day to turn in your Operation Christmas Child boxes, so if you still have those at home, fill them up and bring them in. We'll figure it out. 
Um, on the 13th, which is tomorrow, Monday, we have an MBA rally at Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant Church in Medora. Um, ben Jones from the IBSA will be our guest sharing about the IBSA annual meeting and kind of summing that up for us. We have um, our connection meal at 5.30 on Wednesday this week. You can come for supper and have breakfast. That's my favorite. Followed by our business meeting at 6.30 with prayer and share to follow. We are also beginning to collect for the Adopt-A-Child for the CAC. Um, that's in um, East St. Louis. And our youth go shopping for those children and buy gifts and wrap them and then deliver them to this, um, the CAC. So Emmanuel Baptist Church has adopted 10 kids for us to um, sponsor this year. Thursday, 11-16, you can help at the food pantry from 9 to 11 o'clock. On the 18th, you can come and celebrate John and Carol Warren's 50th wedding anniversary, beginning at 1 o'clock, which is super exciting. Congratulations. And next Sunday, we will observe the Lord's Supper in the morning, but we also have the Thanksgiving meal at 5 o'clock, which is super fun. Everyone's invited. You can invite your families. You just have to sign up to let us know so we can make sure we have enough for everyone. And um, if you haven't signed up, there's sign-up sheets all around the building. There's one on the bulletin board. There's ones outside here on the little benches or, yeah, platform, whatever you want to call it. They're all over the place. If you don't know where one's at, ask me. Ask anybody in the church who you think might know, and we will get you there. Or we'll just sign you up for you, okay? All right. Glenn is going to come up and pray with us today. All right, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dear, gracious Heavenly Father, it seems like uh, uh, we need to come to you at this time, Lord, to, first off, to be thankful for the things that you've done for us in the past week, Lord. And, and Lord, I personally want to be thankful to uh, you for what you're going to do this next week. But as, uh, as we continue in prayer, Lord, uh, th this past week there's been so many tragedies and lives lost and uh, has... Uh, this morning's uh, uh, in our Sunday school, we were going over our prayer list, and Lord, there's just, just so many, many things that have happened. And Lord, I just uh, want to lift all those up, the families involved, Lord, and uh, uh, the tragedy of an accident, the tragedy of, of uh, a young man losing his life, and uh, uh, just, just so many things. But your Lord, we know that, uh, that you're in control, Lord, that, uh, that uh, you are the Almighty, and you knew this was going to happen, and and, Lord, I just pray that you'll uh, lift all these up and put your loving arms around them, Lord, as so many times we, uh, we don't realize uh, how lucky we are or how blessed we are. Let me put it that way, that, uh, that you are in our middle of our lives, Lord. And, Lord, we just need to be uh, more in prayer with you, Lord. So many times uh, uh, we pray more at times like this, but yet, Lord, uh, we ought to pray uh, diligently all the time, Lord. And, and Lord, uh, I just pray that you'll be with our service this morning, that uh, uh, if there's someone here that needs to know you, Lord, their hearts will be open. And, and just uh, as our song was saying, Lord, uh, open my heart to you and open my eyes that uh, lift up to you. So be with Cliff as he brings a message and be with Adam as he continues to lead us in, in song uh, and music, Lord. And uh, be with the rest of our service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Please stand with me once again if you're able, and we'll continue to worship through song.
Who reigns for 
All right. Isn't it great to sing together? Okay. I mean, just, just to sing it out, to sing together, and to, uh, to worship our God, knowing that someday our voices will be perfect, mine included, right? Are you, I don't know if you're sitting there going, man, I wish I could sit someplace else, <laughs> okay? But no, our, our voices will be perfect, we'll sing in tune, we'll know all the words to the song, we'll know every song, and we'll like every song, and, and we're going to sing together to our God who reigns forevermore. So here we are in 2 Timothy, we're, we're going we're to catch the last part of chapter 1. We stopped at verse 14, we're going to pick it up in 15, work through the end. I think this is an important passage of scripture for us to understand and to grasp hold of, and we're going to ask you to do something at the end uh, to help encourage one another. So here's, here's the thing, when you follow Paul's journey, he's writing 2 Timothy in prison in Rome. That's, the, that's what we understand. He's writing Timothy to encourage. He's passing the baton. We talked about it. He's passing the baton on. He knows that he's, his end is near. We'll talk about that as we work through the book. His end is near, and he knows that Timothy's going to have to carry on the work. Paul is invested in the churches. It's not about Paul. It's about Jesus. And he wants to make sure that the gospel message is carried on by faithful people. And that's what he encouraged Timothy to do. So when we close in the end of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 28, I used this word, the idea of unhindered. I mean, Paul's in jail, right? But yet he says he's in a house, he's rented two years and the gospel work is going on unhindered. That just blows me away. So when I read this passage, it takes me a minute to grasp what's going on. So here's the... Um, we'll talk about this in a minute, okay? Here's the thing. The understanding may be that Paul was released for a little bit, it's not recorded, and that he ends back up in jail. But nevertheless, when we read these verses, there came a time in Paul's imprisonment when it was a little tough. A time when he needed a friend. He needed somebody to provide refreshment. And that's what we're going to talk about. The idea of being refreshed, the encouragement, the pick-me-up. That, that he got there, the pick-me-up that, that, that we're going to read about in this passage of Scripture, because Paul says he was refreshed. When he says that, that tells me that he probably needed it. He needed somebody to come along. We're going to talk about that guy in a moment. He needed somebody to come along and provide just that boost of encouragement, that boost of encouragement. In our, in our world today, at least in my world, okay, the, the, word, the word burnout has been used quite frequently. It's, if we could say that something's trending, the word burnout is trending, okay? It's trending. Now, we did a book a long time, we did a book several years, it was actually before the pandemic, called Leading on Empty. And we'd, read, we'd, we'd done that book 10 years earlier down in Tennessee. So the book's been around for a while, the topic's been around for a while, 
But burnout now is trending so that we hear that word, okay? Uh, this is probably my definition of it, mental, emotional fatigue, brought on by numerous things, right? That's the burnout kind of deal. And, it, and then it affects, it can affect, unchecked, our physical health, right? It causes more than gray hair, all right? So it, that, that's what the burnout issue is about. Now, this is, if you go... At the IBSA annual meeting down in Marion, which I was at, we had several people down there, several pastors from the area. One of the things that they talked about in, at that meeting was what they call the For the Pastor Initiative. During the month of October, the staff at IBSA, they write cards. We had a, and I wrote cards out to 28 pastors throughout our state, but everybody else did the same thing. Matter of fact, not only did I write them, I got one. Okay, and Shannon Ford was the one that wrote my card and prayed over me, and I appreciated that. But if you go to the new, newly designed website, okay, IBS, if you've been on IBSA's website before, it's frustrated you. So when you go back to it this week, we guarantee new kinds of frustration. <laughs> no, okay, they've, they've got a new website. And Ben will talk about that tomorrow night along with everything else. But I want to read this to you. Put it up on the screen. It's going to be kind of small. It says, we see this is on the For the Pastor page. There's actually a, a click, and this is what you're going to get. For the, we see the needs of pastors and are committed to expanding ways we serve and support those on the front lines of ministry. There can be no better investment in healthy, growing missionary churches than to invest in the care and encouragement of the pastors who serve and lead them. So that's their For the Pastor initiative. And so when we showed up down at Marion, you have to check in at the registration. Everybody got, you know, went through, went through the metal detector. No, they, they, they went to the registration. They got this little blue bag, which had a booklet inside of it, told you everything that was going on, all the motions, et cetera, that we were going to be presented and all the information that you need uh, to be a voting member. In the bag was one of these, okay? And it's, it's a stress ball. So if I squeeze this five times, it hurts my fingers. No. Um, <laughs> you've seen them before, but they gave them to us, okay, to highlight the, the burnout, the fatigue issue. Now, I will tell you that as I've read the papers, I've read the articles about burnout, etc. that sometimes I'm embarrassed because it's not woe is me. And I'm going to stand here and tell you I, I'm good, okay? I'm not here to tell you that woe is me, but I want to talk about an issue that Paul faced, that we're reading about, and that you likely face, Okay? It's not only pastors who've experienced burnout, but it's educators, healthcare workers, um, first responders, pharmacists. I mean, the pharmacists just went on strike because they're understaffed and overworked, all right? So that, that's a burnout issue. And so, so those are the kind of things. And, and the list would go on. It's not just that. You may not be any one of those things. But you can experience the burnout, the mental, emotional fatigue that's been brought on 
by current things. And so we want to talk about that this morning as we read this part in, in, in 2 Timothy. We're going to start in verse 15, and we're going to go to the 18th verse, we'll go to the end, and then we're going to pick it up in the fourth chapter. So if you've got paper Bibles, I'm just telling you ahead of time, we're going to go to the ninth verse, okay, of that chapter. So you're all clued in there. I'm going to unstress myself and put the ball down. All right. You are aware of the fact that all who were in Asia turned away from me. Among them are Phygelus and Homogenus. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well that the services he rendered at Ephesus. Let's go to the ninth chapter of the fourth. So that subject of coming to me and coming to see me surfaces again as he's closing out the letter. Make every effort to come to me soon. For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Cruskins has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark. And bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. But Tychius I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak which I left at Troas with Carpus and the books, especially the parchments. Okay, that's what he's asking for. The idea of coming to see me. Let's talk about this. In light of what we just, we just spent 11 weeks in Proverbs recently. Okay, we spent 11 weeks in Proverbs. This is kind of a setup, as he's talking to Timothy, a Proverbs choice. A Proverbs choice. In Proverbs, it was wise, foolish, the good, bad. Uh, the hurtful or the helpful might be the way that I put this choice. So we're given two choices as we walk through this passage of Scripture. Two choices that are presented to Timothy. And they're presented by example. I love the way he does it. He doesn't tell you, hey, come see me because that's what you need to do. He provides two examples for us to choose from and for Timothy to choose from. Two examples that we want to talk about. And here are the two examples. The first one is a group, as he talks about, opens up that 15th verse where he says, they turned away from me. They turned away from me. He says, all of Asia. And you're thinking, that's a lot of people. That's China, Japan, you know, boom. Let's understand it. Asia is a province of the Roman Empire at this point. It's not all of China and Japan, etc. It is the western, and what we know as the western half of Turkey. It would include Ephesus, it would include Colossae, the books that he wrote, that he was, the places where he, he has written letters to, to the churches that are there. So the people at Ephesus, where Timothy's at, the church at Colossae. Matter of fact, if you look, it's the seven churches that John delivers a message to in Revelation 2 and 3. All of those churches are included in that area, and there's more territory than that. So it says, all of these people have turned from me, and it mentions two particular names. Um, Phagelelus, my, my 
Lagos presents them much better. I wanted to pronounce them uh, Gene and Jealous, okay? That's just how I shortened up their names. I gave them nicknames. Those two guys, Paul points out, okay? Paul highlights them. Now, we don't know why, because they're not mentioned anyplace else, but they're mentioned here. So we don't know if they were representative of a group of people that left, if they were leadership in a church that, that he had invested in and they left, like the Demas that he mentions later on. You know, he decided to love the world more, you know, and he goes on with that. But, but evidently, Paul felt that Timothy needed to know their names. Maybe he knew about the others, but he didn't know about these. There's just all... It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing, because when we don't know, we can speculate, okay? But what we do know is this, is that Paul, when he says, every, they, they've, they've all turned away from me, they've all turned away from me. I don't know about you, but when you've got a group of people that you're with, that you invested with, that are on the same team as you are, and all of a sudden you're out there and, and it's time to hike the ball and it's you in the center. There's no line. There's no receivers. There's no, there's no running backs behind you. There's no coaches on the sideline. Nothing. You're standing there. And the enemy's in full force. I mean, that, that has to hurt. We can guess, speculate anyway, because he mentions it later when he talks about Onesiphorus is that, that he's still with him in his chains. It could be, speculation is, that when Paul was in jail this time, in Rome, how many of you go bragging about people you know in jail? I'm just going to be honest with you, right? How many, how, you know, we, we, we push back from that at times, right? When I go down on my Tuesday nights, this Tuesday I think is my Tuesday night, when I go down on Tuesday nights and spend some time, I see potential in there. You know, take away whatever it was that got them there, and in this environment when they can't get that stuff, there's nothing to steal, right? There's nothing to take. There's no drugs or anything. When they're in that environment, God could do something with these lives. God intended to do something with these lives. But it's hard. So when I, when I see that Paul, when, I, when we're, we're speculating, when the, 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 the scholars are speculating about what it is that they turned away, it may be that very thing that Paul found himself in chains. And they're like, well, wait a minute. We have to distance ourselves from you because you're in the chains. And I know that you, Paul, you say it's for the gospel, right? But we're not seeing it. Because as Paul, as Paul was going around, Paul was preaching to crowd over crowd after crowd, and people were getting saved, and, and, and things were going the right way. Churches were getting planted. Matter of fact, early in the imprisonment, Paul gets to speak to government officials that he would never got to speak to any other way. But he stands there and gets to sh share with them the gospel. On the, the ship 
cruise, the prison ship, right? As a prisoner. He gets to speak to those that aren't about. There's a shipwreck. He gets to speak to the islanders where they land. They get to see something amazing. When he ends up in Rome, the people are coming to him. He's getting to preach. But if something changed, they turned away. And Paul is left with only Luke. That hurts. That's a lonely spot in ministry that Paul finds himself. So, that's our first choice. When we see a brother hurting, we can do what they did in the story of the Good Samaritan, and we can walk on the other side and distance ourselves from the trouble. That's what we're, we have that option. And that's what these people that Paul talks about, they turned away from me. They walked on the other side. They distanced themselves from Paul and Paul's struggles. They were not there for Paul at this time. They walked away. They turned away. They, they turned their back. They didn't want anything more to do with this hurting brother in prison in Rome. The other choice that we have is to be like Onesiphorus. Okay, I didn't come up with a nickname for him. But he did the right thing. He refreshed me. He refreshed me. You know what I loved about, about this? When you, when you dive into it and, and, and read a little bit about it, is that while Paul was in Ephesus, where Timothy was at, that's where Onesiphorus and his family and his household were from. That's where they're from. This idea of Onesiphorus refreshing Paul is not a new thing. He just takes it to another level. When he was in Ephesus doing the work of God in a hard place, right? When he's doing that work and God is moving people, so much so that, that things are changing in the community. Onesiphorus, at that point, refreshed Paul. He came alongside of him in those difficult times and, 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 and just gave him that pick-me-up, that, that idea of refreshing. And so when Paul ends up in Rome, Onesiphorus decides that distance is not a barrier because he, he loads up, I, you know, loads up his VW microbus, however he was traveling, right? And he makes his way to Rome. That's not an easy journey when you look at it. You either go around or you cross the ocean there. And he found, he found his way. And that means he had to invest. It cost Onesiphorus money and time. He had to leave his household to make this journey to Rome, not knowing where he was at, it says, it says he searched for him. Diligently is one of the words in the other translations. In other words, the idea is this, that when he got to Rome, he had to look for him. 
Now, I don't know about you, they didn't have, they didn't have a county jail that Paul was at. He was housed someplace in a house. But Onesiphorus had to actually look for him. He had to do that. I think about the time, I went down to preach in Mount Olive years and years ago, back in the 80s. Said, come, come preach for us in Mount Olive. I grew up in Litchfield. How hard can a Baptist church be to find in Mount Olive? It's a little bitty town. That was my thought. I actually, I, 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 I put my man card away and asked for directions at the gas station. Can you imagine? They don't have a steeple on the top of the house that Paul's at. And so Onesiphorus has to come to Rome and start asking for a guy that everybody else has turned away from. Paul who? Right? So he's got to start. But he finds Paul. He finds Paul, and, and, he, and he ministers to him. He, he, he refreshes him. That's, that's the lovely part about it. He refreshed him. And Paul appreciated that. Paul appreciated the fact he had a pick-me-up because this guy from Ephesus made every effort to look him up, prompted by God. You know that, that thing when God moves you and you're like, really, God? You want me to leave my, my household, my job, and go to Rome to find this guy? Yeah. Okay, all I want you to do is go tell him to hang in there. Tell him that you're praying for him. Encourage him in the work. That's what I want you to do. Who would have thought that Paul needed that? But Paul, the Paul that we, we admire so much, that we strive to be like, is a guy that had moments like we have. They experienced, if it wasn't burnout, it was something that drug on him. He needed, he needed refresh. So God moves Onesiphorus, and he, he's already had him programmed to do this, and he makes his way over to pick him up. Now we get the choice. Do we want to be like those that, that turned away? Or do we want to be the one that refreshed? That's Timothy's choice. That's our choice. We'll talk about that in a minute, but that's our choice. When you look at the Scripture and look at what, what's going on here, it's, this letter is written to Timothy, but it's applicable for us today. And that's what I want to draw us into. As the letter closes, and that's why I skipped the cat, and, I, and we, we, we covered verses 9 through 13 in the fourth chapter. Because you know it's important when they repeat it. Think about that. In the very beginning of the letter, he cites the guy who came and give him a, gave him a pick-me-up. In the end of the letter, as he's writing all, the, all those things, I'm running out of paper here, I'm running out of parchment, i got to get everything in here on this, on this piece. Make every effort to come and see me. Make every effort to come and see me. That's what... Paul is asking him to do. And he gave him purpose. He says, Luke's the only guy with me right now. I need you to come. Bring Mark with you. Bring my cloak. He's asking for a piece of clothing. He's asking for a cloak. 
He's asking for books and he's asking for parchments. Bring those things with you when you come. Love that. Because now, as Timothy decides what he's going to do, right? He gets it. Because this is, you know, Paul's not his boss. Paul's not writing out his paycheck. Paul doesn't have rule over Timothy. He's asking a fellow laborer in the cause of Christ, in the kingdom of God, I would love for you to come and see me. I've made a case for it. I've talked about one who has come and picked me up. I want you to come and refresh me. And I want you to bring me things. That's what he asks. The Mark, who may not have been useful early in the ministry, if it's the same Mark, now is useful. I want you to bring him, two guys, to pick me up. My cloak, my books, my parchments. He wants him to bring those things. Timothy gets to make that choice. And so do we. So, what, are we getting, what am I driving at? Because this is a, I'm reading about Paul in a difficult spot. Burnout or not burnout, he's in a difficult spot. He, 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 he's longing for somebody to cheer him up. Somebody to, to tell him he's on the right course. He knows it, but it, it, it's nice to have that affirmation from others around you. So he's asking for that. What's, what's the connection between us? Because you're not the Timothy. If your name's Tim, you're, you're not this Timothy. And you're not this Paul. You don't live in this town. You can't go to Rome. You could go to Rome, but you can't find Paul. Okay? So what's the connection with that? Remember in the early part of the, the early part of this sermon today, I talked about the burnout. Pastor's experience, healthcare work, all of us need the stress ball from time to time. And so, what I'm going to ask you to do is this. I'm going to ask you to take an action. And usually it's action steps. Today, it's only one thing that I'm asking you to do. Only one thing. So, what I would like you to do, what do I want you to do with this? I want you, as we stand in a moment, not yet, okay? Because i got another 15 minutes. <laughs> as we stand, I want you to look around. You should think about the people that were in your Sunday school class, people in the pew with you. And what I would like you to do is write a little card of encouragement to a fellow believer. It's what I'm asking you to do. Because we live in a world where it's hard at times to be a Christian. Hey, I'm a Christian. You don't just run around that all the time. You don't run into work and say that probably. Because you get odd looks. People don't quite understand why you're here on a Sunday morning. I want to thank you for your effort to be here today. Because I saw many people that I assume were not going to church this morning as we were coming. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. You made that choice to be here to worship. You're making that choice to pray here and on your own. You're making that choice to read your scripture, to prepare for your Sunday school lesson, to do the have you reads that we'll put up there. You're doing all of those things. 
And sometimes we just need a little word of encouragement. And I speak from experience. Right? Last month was what they call Pastor Appreciation Month. It's not even a Hallmark thing, okay? But we have that, right? And, and it's that awkward time, for me anyway, where, where you guys bless me. And so this morning as I was getting everything ready to show up here, I walked over to the stack of cards that you gave me. And I picked up the cards and I reread all those words of encouragement. And I thank you for that. Okay, those, those words of encouragement mean a great deal. They're the, the refreshing that I get from you. And, and, you know, sometimes you guys say some kind... Ed tells me every time when he walks out the door, one of these days you'll be good. Keep practicing. Okay? <laughs> Those words of encouragement that make me feel... There's hope. All right? There's just something about the written note that you can hang on to and read and reread. So while I, I, I would appreciate if you would text somebody, maybe phone call them, or just say something nice to them here, what I really want you to do is to write a note. Old-fashioned pen and paper kind of thing. Uh, write it legibly, okay? Maybe sign your I have a card that I don't, nobody signed. I don't know, but anyway, it was a nice card. Matter of today I walked in, and I got a late card. I take late cards. Two nice letters in there. Okay, I appreciate that. So I know from experience that that word of encouragement means a lot. We walk together as a body of Christ, as a family of God. Here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, there are, there are little pockets of families all over our city, all over the nation, all around the world. This is your particular family. And I would love for you to write just your Sunday school teacher, somebody in your class, just write that little note. It doesn't have to be long. You know, thank you. I'm praying for you. I love how you participate in class. I love how you prepare for class. Whatever it might be. I love, I, I love sitting next to you in the pew and listening to you sing. You're not too bad at all. Okay? And in the words of Ed, you're going to get better. Okay? So, so just, you know, that little word of encouragement because, folks, as we walk, it's tough. We sit in the spotlight, Paul. We need one another's encouragement, and that's what I'm asking you to do today. I want you to do that through, you know, sometime this week to do that. I'm also going to give you the opportunity as we get ready for the invitation. We have been praying. We're almost to the end of our 30 days. For who's your one? Next Sunday, we are going to partake of the Lord's Supper. Sometime during the service, you're going to hold in your hand a, a, a piece of bread, not tasty, but a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ. And then you're going to hold in your hand a cup of grape juice. 
that represents the blood that was shed for the remission of your sins. Jesus died on the cross that you might have eternal life. Now, I'd love nothing better, and this has been our prayer as we walk through this who's your one, as we continue to pray for those people, you continue to pray for your who's your one. I continue to pray for mine. My prayer is that before we partake of the Lord's Supper, that we will baptize a new believer. So the invitation is open. If you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I'd encourage you to make your way down front and ask me, what, what do I got to do to know Jesus as my Savior? Matter of fact, this week, I'll be here. If you can't do it today, then come. If you're uncomfortable, come. My motorcycle's outside. That's my open sign. means I'm here. means I'm okay. And you can stop in, and we'll talk about Jesus and about your commitment to him. You may want to come and pray for whatever it is that's on your heart. Uh, you may want to come and pray for our sister church, 10 Mile, had, you've seen that on the prayer list. Many of you are aware they had a mission team that lost the life of one and others. You may want to pray for them. They would appreciate that. You may want to grab that person that you're about to make the note for and just pray for them as they walk in their walk for Christ. You may want to come and pray diligently for your who's your one. Lord, I, I'm, I've been praying. And they haven't responded yet. But this week, Lord, today I want to pray that next week they'll be behind that glass in the water celebrating new life in Christ. Let's stand.
Father, we thank you that we have been in your house. Father, we thank you for these that have gathered together, Lord, to worship together, to draw together close to you, Father, to learn from your word. Father, we give you thanks. Father, help us, Lord, to encourage one another, to bond ourselves together as a family of God, to encourage one another, to support one another, to refresh one another. Father, I just pray that as we go out, Lord, help us to be a light to the world. Lord, I pray that our prayers would be answered, that the ones that we are praying for that do not know you would this week answer the knock on the door from you and accept you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. So before you go anyplace, thank you for being here, okay? I want to encourage you to come back next Sunday, right? So as we participate in the Lord's Supper, for you those that are watching online that are not going to make it, get everything ready for next Sunday. You find a cracker and some grape juice, okay? you got a whole week to prepare for that. So I also want you to help me out this way. If you've not signed up for the Thanksgiving meal, we would, that's why we have this guy up here, okay? Count your blessings. That little reminder out there. There are multitudes of sign-up sheets. If you can't find one, then tell, tell somebody and we'll get you on the list, alright? We'd, we'd love for you to come. And you can bring friends, right? We, we had like 130 to 140 last year. We've done 200 people. We'd love to get back to 200 people. We'd love to get back to squeezing the two, two rooms full of people as we celebrate together the blessings that God has given to us. As we fellowship, as we laugh together, as we meet one another's families, encourage you to be, to be part of that. I'd also encourage you, help me out because I feel lazy this week. That's every week, right? But anyway, there are still some boxes over here for the Operation Christmas Child. If you don't take them home and fill them up and bring them back in the next two days, I'm going to have to take them up to the second floor. So a lot of walking, a lot of carrying empty boxes. Those boxes are longing to go around the globe and bless somebody. Okay, so they're still there. So if you feel compelled, not by me, but by God, to take those and fill them up, bring them back, we'll get them to the collection point. Enjoy your day. Serve God with it. Share Jesus. Thank you.